Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. And San Diego. Yes, and San Diego. We opened up a bureau while we were here. Uh, Sort of. Well... Kind of. We're at the Pershing Insight 2017 conference in San Diego. Coming up, uh, we're going to get a market perspective. Yeah, we're going to do some uh, individual stock picks from uh, Money Managers. Had some great success. But first, let's get the very latest in business news headlines from Catherine Cowery. Catherine? Thank you, Corey. Investors have resumed selling the major technology shares that have contributed most to equity records this year. The threat of higher interest rates is prompting a shift from growth into value shares. The benchmarks have narrowed earlier losses. The Dow is little changed and looks as if it could turn higher. On the economic front, data showed factory output unexpectedly fell in May, home builder sentiment edged lower, and first-time jobless claims fell by 8,000 to 237,000. David Wu, Bank of America Merrill Lynch, head of global rates and currencies research, on the impact of economic growth on the markets. What's going to be most interesting over the next three or four trading days is what, how is the stock market going to react to the fact that growth is slowing and the Fed sounds extremely hawkish. And I think this is why I think, you know, if Nasdaq's going to come off and it's starting to look a bit wobbly after what happened last week, I think that's going to be the big driver of all markets. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg Radio. Dow Industrial Average currently down just nine points, trading at 21,365. S&P 500 down five points, two-tenths of a percent at 2433. The Nasdaq is down 27 points, four-tenths of a percent, trading at 6167. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil down 35 cents a barrel, three-quarters of a percent at 4437. Spot Gold down $20.10 an ounce at 1255.80. Ten-year Treasury down 10 30 seconds with a yield of 2.1620. Among today's top business stories, a former Nomura Holdings trader has been found guilty of conspiring to lie to clients about mortgage bond prices, while another has been cleared of all charges. Jurors in Hartford, Connecticut are, are still possibly deliberating about the fate of a third trader. The mixed verdict strengthens the government's claim that lying to even the most sophisticated customers can amount to securities fraud. That was a widespread practice among bond traders until prosecutors launched their crackdown four and a half years ago. Well, Nike is taking action to ward off competition from Adidas and Under Armour. The athletic brand is cutting about 2% of its workforce as it revamps its global operations. The cutbacks follow disappointing sales in its most recently reported quarter. And that's the Bloomberg Business Flash. Over to you, Carolyn Corey. Thank you very much, Catherine Cowder. You're the Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Oh, the money tree, the money tree, it's a beautiful sight to see. Less than 30 minutes in today's trading session. We're going to talk about how to make money in this uh, market environment. Uh, here with the perspective, Michael Cugino, President and Portfolio Manager at Permanent Portfolio Family of Funds, roughly $3 billion in assets under management based in San Francisco, but uh, here at Pershing uh, Insight 2017 in San Diego. What, what are people talking about here at uh, Pershing? Uh, distribution in the fund industry, especially with the implementation of the uh, fiduciary DOL rule that, that went into play at least partially last Friday, um, and the state of the you know the active passive debate that's been going on, and how to market and reach investors in this day and age, and in a changing dynamic with technology, with investor preferences, the millennial generation, et cetera. So there's there's a lot as a as a manager of a fund business. There's a lot to keep you occupied here. What do you mean distribution? In terms of how a, a mutual fund like us distributes our product to 
the the ultimate investor who you know Pershing is an, an intermediary, a go-between with a lot of firms that clear through them, and they're the ultimate investor. It goes through them to get through Pershing to get to us. So it's it's an interesting dynamic to try to market to the ultimate client. Right. How do you stand out? Exactly. I mean, investment performance. Um, that helps. <laughs> big time. And you've you got know. some good numbers. Well, realistically, investment performance and cost are probably the two biggest drivers. And investor tastes and expectations and, and cash flow needs and, and strategies. So, yeah. So let's talk about some of your investments here. Uh, you've got a big position in gold. We do. And uh, I wonder what it, what it is that you see in gold and, and how you're choosing to play that. Well, we've, we believe for a long time that it's a, a significant component of an overall wealth strategy. And we view ultimately investments to, to build wealth over time and at a rate that exceeds inflation. Um, that's how you produce, you know, purchasing power and, and more liquid investments, assets. Um, and so I think when you look at the history of gold versus paper money, um, it, it grows, it holds value. It's done that over decades, over centuries. Um, and so I think a prudent investor needs to have some exposure to it. Now, it's volatile. I don't think you want to only invest in gold. I think you want to combine it with other assets, traditional stocks and bonds, for example. Uh, but you definitely want to have a piece to uh, use as insurance to guard against uh, the decline in unit value of paper money, uh, to guard against typical stocks and bond investments, and to guard against uncertainty and inflation risks, whether perceived or real, um, you know, are all reasons why you might want to own it. That sounds like a little bit of a cautious portfolio at this point. It is. I mean, I, I would characterize, well, we run several strategies, but our most well-known is permanent portfolio, right. which is a multi-asset strategy, right. relatively conservative fund. It's designed to preserve and grow over the long term. So it's not considered a trading vehicle. It's not a short-term thinking fund. Um, you know, at times that's not where investors want to be. Right. And, and, you know, for the better part of probably the last five or six years, that's probably been true. Right. But, but cycles don't last forever. And, uh, and so but this has been a cycle that has lasted a lot longer than we all anticipated, right? It has. And do you, uh, could it, I mean, it could potentially go on even longer. It you could. You hear some of the commentary from the Fed in terms of, uh, growth outlooks. And I mean, I think they're scratching their heads why there isn't more inflation in this environment. It's been a long cycle, but it's been relatively anemic from a growth standpoint, you know, right. historically, but, but it has been elongated and there's no reason that it won't continue, although generally cycles always end. So what's, you know, the big question is what's going to drive it? You know, you look at the Fed yesterday, um, I think everybody was expecting the quarter point rate hike. I think they were a little bit hawk, more hawkish on their comments and right. the desire to start moving on the balance sheet. I think that took the markets by surprise. I think that's one reason why you're seeing the reactions you had today. But that's relatively short term. Um, I think they need to do these things, but every time they increase the shorter end of the curve, if the long end isn't moving up in conjunction, you're beginning to equalize, mm-hmm. and at some point you you invert. And inverted yield curves traditionally are a forecaster of recession. So it is something to watch. I wouldn't say we're there, but if growth does slow down, as some people are, are prognosticating, then uh, it is something to worry about. Uh, and that would certainly end the cycle that we have. Right. But as long as we're in an easy monetary policy globally, does that kind of fend off? This cycle kind of ending anytime it, soon? It, it may because there's opportunities 
globally. I mean, there is uh, there is a better growth story globally than there has been the last few years. And that would be further enhanced if the U.S. could continue to grow or enhance its growth. Mm-hmm. And that would be positive, I think, for everybody, uh, not to mention individual sectors like, say, commodities and, and some of the other more growth. What would what now are being considered value stocks at some level, but, right. but they are geared to economic growth and development. And they've underperformed the broader market, which has been driven by the more go-go growth types of names lately. Says the so. guy with a 4% position, in, nearly 5% position in Facebook. Absolutely. But but we don't, that's our only one. And uh, and so I think, you know, there's a reason investors are going to those stocks. They are growing. Right. Some are more reasonably valued than others. Facebook and Google, I would say, reasonable value. The other one's a little tougher to value. Michael Cugino, Permanent Portfolio Funds. Great to see you. Thanks, guys. This is Bloomberg. Nathan Hager right now with a look at what's going on in the world of national news headlines. He's in our 991 studios in Washington, D.C. Warehouse Majority Whip Steve Scalise remains in critical condition, Corey, after yesterday's shooting at congressional baseball practice outside Washington. The hospital where Scalise is being treated says he has undergone three surgeries. Bloomberg's Irv Chapman reports President Trump paid the lawmaker a visit last night. The president said Scalise is in more difficulty than originally thought. He's in some trouble, but he's going to be okay, we hope. Steve, in his own way, may have brought some unity to our long-divided country. Let's hope so. In these difficult hours, it's more important than ever to help each other and remind each other that we are all united by our love of our great and beautiful country. Scalise was shot through the hip, injuring internal organs. In Washington, I'm Irv Chapman, Bloomberg Radio. The American college student who was released from North Korea in a coma suffered a severe neurological injury. Then from the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, where Otto Warmbier was taken two days ago, his father, Fred, is blasting Pyongyang. Even if you believe their explanation of botulism and a sleeping pill causing the coma, and we don't, there is no excuse for any civilized nation to have kept his condition secret and denied him top-notch medical care for so long. And a blimp pilot is seriously burned after his craft went down near the U.S. Open in Aaron, Wisconsin this afternoon. A statement from the local sheriff's office says that blimp was on fire or smoking before it crashed about a half mile from the course. Checking the leaderboard, Ricky Fowler remains on top through the first round with a 7-under-65. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries.